Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. In-depth coverage and timely analysis of macro and micro happenings in crypto. Welcome to Thriller Insider. Gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Insider. That's right. Today is July 16th, 2019. How you doing? How you doing out there, ladies and gentlemen? How's your day going? Hopefully good. Not so good for Facebook and <laughs> David Marcus. Man, they got a lashing today. Uh, I want to start off the top of the show and let you know that uh, I'm, I'm kind of proud of what happened today. I, I look at the Senate and I look at that committee and gosh, did they bring the fire? I was really genuinely surprised that they were able to understand that Libra is as centralized as fuck. Like, like, like seriously, they get it. And, and there are so many great hits <laughs> that, that just happened today. And it, it was awesome. And uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to go through not the whole three hour, two and a half hour speaking. I'm giving you the best snippets and we're going to do this little by little. And and it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, it's all going to be about Facebook. Uh, They didn't they didn't talk about cryptocurrency. Well, they talked about cryptocurrencies, but they didn't talk about Bitcoin or anything like that. Of course, Bitcoin still dropped today. (laughs) Hope you set your stop losses, like I said yesterday. Um, So, I mean, Kind of expected that at this point because, don't get me wrong, I was looking very bullish <laughs> last week. If you had asked me what Bitcoin looking like next week, I said it's looking good. And then all of a sudden we have Donald Trump tweeting on on uh, what was it on the uh, was it last week? He tweeted last week saying that uh, Bitcoin is a uh, is uh, hot air or whatever he said. Uh, and then right on Monday came uh, the Treasury Secretary. Uh, basically just calling out Bitcoin. And it, it, at this point, it was just like, yeah, all, all bets are off. And then we had that tether <laughs> burn and mint and it was a mess. It was a mess. It was a, it was basically like manufactured FUD happened all at once right before what I was looking at as a bullish event. And this would have been if none of that would have happened over the weekend and we would have went into this talking about Libra and saying how much they're fucked and everything like that, we would have really, really been, uh, we would have been really good. But it's okay. It happens. Crypto, we need to go down anyway, right? That's what people were saying. doesn't matter. We're going to talk about it. So I do want to give you kind of a recap. So of course, President Trump talked about the Libra cryptocurrency. I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday. And then he he went on the offensive and had Treasury Secretary Munchkin talk about, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and Libra and, and, and how it's how it's very uh, a shaky space and you, you don't know what you're doing out there. Be careful, investors, and all this kind of stuff. Just basically FUD, right? We talked about it yesterday. And then today was the big day. Today was when David Marcus goes in front of, the, of Congress or the Senate committee and, and actually talks to them about what he's building at Libra and what the cryptocurrency quotes project is about 
And uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. And there are so many, many great things. But what was very interesting is they started off talking about, which is I love the fact that these senators did their research, talking about why Facebook was, or actually not was, is doing their project out of Switzerland. Take a listen. Chairman, thank you for your question. Uh, yes, absolutely. I agree that uh, the U.S. should lead. Uh, and I want to uh, reaffirm that we chose Switzerland not to evade any responsibilities of, or oversight, uh, but rather because it is a, a well-established international uh, place with uh, uh, headquarters for WHO, WTO, uh, even the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements. And despite the fact that uh, the Libra Association will be uh, headquartered in Switzerland, it will register with FinCEN and as a result uh, will have oversight uh, from uh, U.S. Uh, regulators. But uh, completely agree with you, uh, Chairman, that uh, the U.S. Uh, should lead. That's right. So they picked Crypto Valley, <laughs> Zug, Switzerland, to be exact. And we know why they did this, right? I think mean, seriously, who are they trying to kid? Oh, uh, we want it to be we want it to be central to the rest of the world. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. This is where all the companies and organizations for cryptocurrency are located. You got uh, Ethereum there, Bitcoin Zoo, Zappo, Shapeshift, Consensus, Tezos. Come on, man. Who are you trying to kid here? <laughs> Seriously. You know, it's probably it's probably no wonder, you know, the senators probably didn't do that much research, but we know that you can pay taxes over there with Bitcoin in Switzerland. Make no mistake, this is a very targeted place. This is exactly why they wanted to move to Crypto Valley, Switzerland. So everything is looking like, and I said this the last time, everything is looking like they are what they're trying to do. And, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but what, well, actually, you know what? Take a listen to what this senator says about Facebook's Calibra project, DPOS. I got a lot of questions about this. Um, you'll understand the level of skepticism that you see here, and I appreciate you being here to answer our questions. I, I want to try to understand a little bit better this association. So the Libra Association expects to have you think about 100 um, founding members who together you say will be making decisions about investment strategy and regulatory compliance and social impact goals. Who's, who's in charge? Uh, Senator, the, the way that the governance uh, of the association works uh, is that you'll have uh, this council of uh, 100 or more members uh, that will make uh, uh, decisions and will elect a board that will be uh, between uh, 5 to uh, 19 uh, members. And that board uh, will then, of course, uh, uh, elect uh, a managing director and the association uh, will have uh, a staff uh, to perform the governance function that, uh, that uh, uh, it is supposed to look after. You know, in the United States Senate, we also have 100 members, but it's clear who's in charge. Mitch McConnell is in charge. And so I'm trying to understand in this sort of... I thought um, it was shared. <laughs> Chair Crapo is in charge of this committee. Oh, it's shared. <laughs> um, I'm trying to understand, like, in this sort of, you described sort of almost a consensus building. Is it, is it, will decisions be made on a consensus basis? I understand that there's some sort of a two-thirds majority, but 
I, help me understand how decisions get made. Of course, Senator. Uh, the, the decisions are, are, are basically, the, the, the structure of the governance is one where uh, there are certain things that should be really hard to change, uh, and, uh, and those are important things to uh, the, the spirit uh, of how the network is supposed to operate, uh, the spirit in which the reserve is supposed to operate. And I believe that at, when it comes to the reserve, by the way, we will need appropriate regulatory oversight. So uh, would there be like a, like a constitution or a body of rules that would be agreed to ahead of time that would guide the decision making? Uh, yes, Senator, and it will be made public. And how do you parse out my kind of minority rights versus majority rights on this board? Uh, as, as it stands, the way that uh, it's starting, uh, every member, uh, if we have 100 member, will have an equal uh, voice uh, at the council. But what about, what if there's a disagreement and there's, you know, do the minority, is the minority then just automatically overwhelmed by the majority in this board? It will depend on the type of decision. Not all decisions will need supermajority to reach a consensus, Senator. So it seems to me possible in any board, in any group of humans, people develop coalitions, and it just seems to me that there's a big question about how you know, every voice is going to be heard in this incredibly powerful association headquartered in Switzerland. Um, is this board like a corporate board in the sense that, like, like what, what if there were conflict of interest that, developed? We hope that uh, we'll avoid conflicts of interests, of course, uh, Senator. Uh, but uh, again, we have a lot of work to do uh, between uh, now and the launch. And this is why uh, we shared our white paper early on to get all of the feedback and the input and ensure that we can uh, address all the concerns, uh, get proper regulatory uh, oversight. Uh, and uh, part of that is also going to be uh, governance uh, of the association. Well, I think these are really, really important questions um, are, because we're, we're imagining this association headquartered in Switzerland that would have amazing power over the financial health of this country, over my constituents, and over, you know, it's... it's um, so, so I think these questions of accountability are extremely important. Let me ask, um, switch topics a little bit. What's the long-term business opportunity for Facebook here? Uh, Senator, uh, two uh, business opportunities. One is uh, really the uh, ability for the 90 million small businesses and the many users we have on the platform to transact with one another. So as a result, more commerce on the Facebook platform and uh, our family of apps. And if there's more commerce, there will uh, be more advertising revenue for Facebook. So that's one indirect effect of uh, enabling. So more, more commercial activity on Facebook equals more, more money for Facebook, more, 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 more money. Yes, Senator. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the other part of it is uh, if uh, we earn people's trust with the Calibra wallet uh, and uh, they decide to use it over time, uh, we can offer in partnerships with financial institutions and banks uh, uh, other services that will be new sources of revenue for the company. So competing on wallet, you know, getting a bigger market share of wallets. But it seems to me, Mr. I know I'm out of time, Mr. Chair, but it seems to me that there's, um, it seems to me that what Facebook is really good at is figuring out how to monetize people's personal data, not only the data that Facebook gets directly, but the ambient data that Facebook collects through all of the many, many millions of activities that we take every year. That Facebook's, what Facebook is really good at is, is capitalizing literally on that data. And so 
I have to say I'm not reassured by your statement that you can't see any reason right now why uh, there wouldn't be data sharing between these platforms. Um, I, I have some additional questions for the record, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Yeah, she was great. Like, seriously, she was great. She hit on a lot of points there. Most certainly data is one of them. But what she keyed in on, which a lot of other senators weren't keyed in on, is she smelled something fishy. And this is the same thing that I was talking about. So with delegated proof of stake, as many of you might not know this, right? Or actually, maybe some of you do because you're very smart. Um, we have to remember that what Facebook is essentially doing, they're kind of going after uh, two different markets at once, right? So if we if we look at what they did in the past, like Facebook credits, now, now mind you, it's probably not as bad as Facebook credits, but back then, you know, these were one-way transactions and they were used for gay publishers and Facebook got a 30% cut. And so, you know, it, it was very, it was never a form of real currency, but it was very much, uh, what you would consider maybe a token or something, right? So what we see here is that not only have they built the illusion of this kind of leadership role, but still independent and non, not not for profit membership organization headquartered in Switzerland, but we have to realize that they're going to hold the title to the reserves. So you're going to need some type of token or some kind of digital asset to distribute to all these, um, I guess the Ubers, the PayPal's, the Visa's, the Coinbase's, all these people who are, are joining this association. You're gonna need something because these are the people that are gonna have the, the full nodes. These are the people that are gonna invest all that money. These are the people that are gonna need some kind of token there to create this Byzantine fault tolerance, right? So what's going to happen is you're going to have either one of two things. You're going to have them create a, uh, a staking platform, very similar to what Tezos does, where they, they stake these uh, Calibra tokens. We'll call them Calibra Association tokens, right? They stake these tokens. And with time, because the network will grow, those tokens will go up in value. Okay. Are you still with me there? Does that make sense? So these will go up in value. So you've created what essentially is these built-in network digital asset, delegated proof of stake tokens on this association network where, where all the transactions are going to and where everything's being facilitated from, right? Because this is where all the data is from. And ultimately, this, this is also and what they are trying to be ambitious about with uh, building out this permissionless uh, network. But the challenge is that today, they're not gonna be able to have that solution, nor scale it or you know support it to billions of people. It's gonna have to be a permissionless network and they're not gonna be able to do that. So the only way they're gonna be able to do that is by creating a closed in permissioned network. And it's something that they very much have done in the past, but most people don't realize that by creating all these validators, right? Because we know it only takes one third of validators for maliciousness to happen on a network. And especially with BFT, two third is the majority. But if you have these POS blocks, you'll have finality, which means you need a super majority of the validator set to fork the chain and rewrite history. Now, I don't think they'll allow all of that <laughs> if I'm a betting man. But we have to realize that if these Facebook credits back in the old days required transactions to go through Facebook centralized servers, 
we also have we also have to assume that this is kind of going to be the same thing with what goes on here, at least in the beginning, right? Because Libra isn't a cryptocurrency, but it's very likely that this Calibra association association token will be a cryptocurrency that'll probably be traded either as an ETF or I don't think it would be a security because it's a nonprofit, right? But it would probably be something and it, it would be designed for this decentralized transactions on this permissionless network. But we, the people who are using the Libra token, this Libra stable coin, won't have access to that. And I'm sure people will be able to buy it, you know, off market or behind the scenes. There'll be some trading going on. And the value of that will increase over time because the network will grow. But this only happens if it gets adopted. And I think the senator, what she's pointing out is this very fact. She smells it. She doesn't know what it's called because she doesn't know this technology. But she smells that there's something else there, that there's really no incentive for all these for this big um, this big association to get together and create all these uh, validators and have all these nodes with <laughs> really a what's going to essentially be a, a a big amount of data right there's really no reason for them to get together unless there's an incentive form and the incentive is not with the with the fees it's not with the interest or whatever the the minuscule you know 10 cents maybe less uh, payment transaction that's going to go through that's not where it's at it's in the delegated proof of stake tokens that they will be using to to build this consensus through bft on this calibra association network and so i was very proud to to see that she recognized that and and that was something that was just yeah, I've been holding that in all day. <laughs> Seriously, because anybody in crypto knows that's what's really going on. That's where they're going to make the most money. And just watch. Just watch. In the beginning, it's, they're going to try to say it's decentralized. But in reality, it's going to be a private collection of cloud servers. I mean, make no, it makes no difference, right, where they're located. Um, this is what it will be. Uh, Mr. Marcus, uh, I don't trust Facebook. And uh, it's because of the repeated violations of your users' privacy, a repeated deceit. And I am not alone, as you know. Um, in 2011, there was a, a consent decree uh, with the Federal Trade Commission related to your privacy practices. Um, so that's where it started there with investigative bodies. But it hasn't ended. Even after that consent decree, uh, Facebook is under investigation again. And uh, approved, FTC has approved a fine for about $5 billion just recently because of your repeated violations uh, of your users' information. Uh, for example, uh, you know, without users' permission, sharing personal profile information with outside software developers, uh, selling that off again, uh, data breaches. Uh, allegations that you've repeatedly changed users' privacy settings without notice. Uh, the SEC, of course, is also investigating events surrounding the sale of personal information from Facebook. Uh, the New York State's Office of Attorney General has an investigation into unauthorized collection of 1.5 million Facebook users' email contact databases. Uh, on and on and on. There's, there's allegations of bugs that, oh, sorry, we didn't mean to allow them to download photos. And, and these, it's one after another, after another, after another. So I don't trust you guys. So instead of cleaning up your house, now you're launching into another business model 
uh, with Calibra here, uh, and you've got documents that talk about your privacy commitment for Calibra. Uh, so in that, you know, in that privacy commitment, you say that you won't be sharing account information or financial data with Facebook or any third party without customer consent. So how do we know that this isn't going to change, and how do we know you're actually going to do that based on your track record of failing and violating and deceiving in the past? It's a totally uh, fair question, Senator, um, and I, I want to answer it in two parts. Um, the first is that, uh, as you know, we've been working really, really hard on addressing the issues, uh, some of them you've raised. Uh, we have invested incredible resources uh, in uh, 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 election integrity and privacy. Uh, Mark has made it his top priority. Uh, and we will continue to do that until those issues are fully resolved and addressed to satisfaction. Uh, on the Libra side, uh, we have designed this network in such a way that uh, uh, Facebook doesn't and won't control it or the currency, uh, and that there will be plenty of competition. Uh, and uh, and I, I want to take a moment to explain why there will be a, uh, a lot of competition. First, there's interoperability. So regardless of the wallet you choose, uh, you'll be able to pay across wallets, which is currently not yeah, possible. Look, I don't want to get into the technical stuff. I'm, I'm talking about the trust issue. So you, you violated privacy in the past as a company. You continue to have issues. You continue to change the privacy, even rules, without, without informing users. Yet you're launching a new product, and you're claiming that the privacy is going to be protected. So how are users to know that that's also not going to change, and they're not going to be violated? That's what I'm getting at, the core issue here. Is, is trust. And, and, and Senator, the, the, the point uh, uh, is really that uh, people can uh, get all of the benefit from this network without using our wallet. And I know that we will have to earn people's trust uh, for a very long period of time yeah. uh, in order to get the benefit of them wanting to use the Calibra wallet instead of any of the other wallets they'll have the choice of using. So let, let me follow up also. I know Senator Toomey asked a question. Uh, your privacy document says that Calibra will be transparent, offering customer choices and controls using clear, simple language and easy-to-find privacy controls that detail what data is collected, used, shared, and for what purposes. You're telling me, and I think you sh said this already, but can you clarify, the user will not be able to have consent as to their data being collected? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't understand the question, Senator. Ooh. Okay, for Calibra, you're, you specifically say in your privacy document that there will be easy to understand controls on what data is being collected. So will the user have consent for their data being collected when they're using Calibra? Uh, yes, Senator. So do they have to consent in order to use Calibra? Uh, yes, Senator. Okay, so there's really, that's really no choice, right? So you, you're, in order to use it, your data has to be collected. There's no option to opt out. Well, Senator, uh, if you want to use the Calibra wallet, you will have to, for instance, uh, authenticate and upload a government-issued ID. Uh, and if consumers don't want us to uh, collect that uh, government-issued ID, for instance, yeah. at the very first step, then, uh, of course, they won't be able to use the service because we will be compliant to KYC regulation. So uh, what's the business model of Calibra then? You mentioned the interface with uh, Facebook just recently, that the more people are using it, the more 
you know, people will stay on Facebook and then you can just continue to collect their personal information and target them with ads and sell off their information. Is that the business model of Calibra or how are they going to make money? With respect, Senator, that's not what I said. Uh, but what I said is... But that's actually what happens. I, I'll, I'll focus on, on the, the specific question you yeah. asked, Senator, uh, which is that we have 90 million businesses, many of them uh, that uh, grow uh, thanks to the Facebook advertising platform. They're able to reach new consumers. They're able to hire. Uh, and, uh, and we believe that if they now have the ability to sell to more constituents across uh, the Facebook platform and more people have access to the services and products of those 90 million businesses, then more commerce will happen oh, on the Facebook platform. wonderful public good that you guys are committed to. I know I'm way over time here, and that was extremely sarcastic. Thank you. Yeah, she got a round of applause after that. <laughs> it was it was really phenomenal to see. And and she touched on a lot of points there, but but mainly what I want to focus on here is the wallet. So Treasury Secretary Munchkin came out on Monday and said, hey, if you're a cryptocurrency wallet, if you're a Libra blockchain wallet, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to do KYC, you're gonna need to do AML. And we kind of seen that already kind of happen, right? Uh, we know uh, Square kind of snuck in Bitcoin later, but you have to AML, you have to KYC, right? Same thing with Coinbase, right? That's a wallet. Even blockchain, blockchain, the wallet, what used to be very popular in the old days, no longer anymore, but they KYC, they AML as well too. They try to incentivize you to do it through giving you some Stellar token, but a lot of people didn't fall for that. But there's, there's an overabundance of regulation that's happening right now, right? They're literally, yeah, faffed a month ago, Come out and say, just hit us on a bad day. <laughs> you have that going on. And then you have a Treasury Secretary Munchkin um, just outright say that Bitcoin is hot air and it's a, a risky investment, right? Scared a lot of investors away, I think, him personally. But he hit on a lot there. And he said, AML, KYC on every wallet. This is the new bank. Unfortunately, this is where we have come. So... What, what are they saying right now? We need KYC, we need AML on the wallet. And what is David Marcus saying? Yeah, uh, we're making one wallet called Calibra, uh, <laughs> and we're gonna do KYC and AML, uh, but uh, everybody else, I mean, anybody else can make a wallet. PayPal can make a wallet. Uh, they have KYC AML already implemented, but let's say uh, Uber wants to take it. Well, yeah, they have KYC AML implemented. Uh, uh, let's say, uh, who else knows? Paneer Bread. <laughs> I don't know, whoever decides to make a wallet in this consortium, We'll have to have AML and KYC. And, and this is the over, this is like the flag that they are raising this week is KYC, AML. And they're trying to let everybody know that if you're creating a wallet, you are a officially responsible for getting this data, right? And this is what they're trying to hit home today, these, these senators. But they're also trying to hit home on this data because the data is the most important thing. And a lot of it, Quite honestly, you can't pass go and collect $200 or, or collect 200 Libra uh, stable coins without giving up that AML, giving up that KYC. And by doing so, you're giving up your data. And by consenting, you are allowing Facebook to use that data. And since it's on a permission network, <laughs> you can make any changes that you want. Uh, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really hilarious how they're going out of their way to appear decentralized but they're doing everything to maintain the separation between social and financial data. But Facebook, <laughs> but Facebook will obviously merge these two from their Calibra wallet. Um, it, it, 
it's sad and it's trying for these people because they don't believe them. You have you have senators going up there and say, we just don't believe you. Uh, we don't believe that you'll be able to keep this data separate. Take a listen. You recently told the banking committee that Facebook Inc. collects data from transactions that occur on platform and use it for advertising and personalization. Briefly, would you please describe the personal data collection from on-platform transactions? And what I'm talking about is, will this type of information be collected for on-platform transactions that use the Calibra wallet? For example, when a user buys a product on Facebook through Calibra, will Facebook Inc. allow other digital wallets to be used within its family or products? And um, if you could, just explain how that will work. Chairman, uh, one thing is really important, um, and, and I want to state this very clearly. Uh, we will have, with the Calibra wallet, to compete with a number of other wallets that will operate on top of the Libra network. And the Libra network will be interoperable, meaning that uh, wallets can send money from one wallet to another wallet, which is not possible with the current system. Uh, and as a result, to earn people's trust, we will have to have the highest standards when it comes to privacy. And the way we've built Calibra uh, is that no uh, financial data or account data that is actually uh, uh, collected in Calibra to offer the service will actually be shared with uh, Facebook. Uh, and the way that uh, we've built this is to separate social uh, and uh, financial data because we've heard loud and clear from people they don't want those two types of data streams uh, uh, connected. Uh, so this is the way uh, the, the system is designed. Uh, now for transactions that would happen on any of our family of apps, the same way that any merchants uh, completing a transaction, we will offer many options including of course the option uh, for people to, to pay with credit, debit cards, and other wallets, uh, as well as uh, with uh, their Calibra wallet. <laughs> I mean, at this point, why are we creating this token? Uh, I don't see any benefit. Uh, I, I don't see why even bother at this point. Uh, I understand there, there's a lot of third world countries out there that, that don't have access to this. But the Lightning Network is very much more, well, probably will be very much more decentralized than, than what Facebook is, is building, even though we know Lightning's very centralized, or to a certain point. So why even create this? We're going to have Lightning wallets become more mainstream here in the next couple of years anyway. Ethereum has your own die token. I mean, what's the point of doing this? I don't see the point of creating a Calibra wallet or a Libra wallet or whatever the hell they're calling it. Take a listen to them. I'm curious. I, I, I've had an opportunity on several different occasions to, to travel to Africa and to watch what's going on within Africa and the challenges they have there with very small amounts of value within their own currencies. And yet on a day-to-day -day basis, there's, there's literally millions of people there that look to buy very small incremental items uh, on, on a day-to-day -day basis. They don't have any type of a product out there today, really, that works well that's, that's internationally based. Can you talk a little bit about what you see in other countries, the direction they're going, and what the opportunities are for this type of a platform to allow a very simple and inexpensive way to transact um, uh, for values received or currencies or products, commodities, uh, and exchange without a high cost of doing so? And, 
just a thought in that in that regard. I haven't really heard that discussed yet today. I, I appreciate your, your question, Senator. Uh, the way that uh, anyone in the world will have the ability to use Libra uh, using uh, the wallets of their choice uh, will be to install, install a small app on a $40 Android device with a basic data plan. Uh, and from that point on, uh, have the ability to move from the cash economy to the digital economy and benefit from having the ability to transact, uh, not only domestically but internationally at very low or no cost, uh, and benefit from services that will be built uh, on uh, the Libra network by other companies as well. Uh, and as a result, we, we, we really hope, and this is our ambition, uh, that we can lower the barriers for access to modern financial services and massively lower costs for the people who need it the most. Um, and in the process, potentially also lower uh, access to capital because uh, if suddenly uh, you have a, a global platform that enables uh, free or low-cost money movements, then uh, access to capital should, uh, should be cheaper uh, and, uh, and the barriers will be lower as well. See, I, I think you're going to have a lot of competition. I think there's going to be a lot of different organizations that understand that, that this is the wave of the future. And, and, and I think the questions have been fair with regard to the different applications that are out there and how they would fit on your platform and be allowed. And I think that's going to be an item of discussion for some time to come. But with it also comes the kind of the regulatory layout that you work within. You've chosen to set this up in Switzerland. What did Switzerland offer that the United States did not. And what is it about our regulatory framework that puts us Because we believe that uh, a global digitally native currency uh, that, uh, will be used by people all around the world uh, would benefit from being headquartered in an international place uh, that is also the home of many respected international organizations. Yeah, that's a straight up lie. <laughs> Gosh, man. Yeah, that's a straight up lie, man. Straight up lie. You know, I don't I don't know if they can get in trouble. Can they? I feel like they can get in trouble. I feel like they I've seen Senate hearings where, you know, when they testify on behalf of or testify in front of Congress and they're held to the standard. And if they are caught in a lie, then okay, to be honest with you, maybe he's not lying. Maybe that's why they're really there. Who who knows what their real reasons are? But to be honest with you as well, too, we know why cryptocurrency succeeds in Switzerland in Crypto Valley, right? We've had Charles Hoskinson on the show telling us why it succeeds. <laughs> I think he's the one that said he invented that term, if I'm not mistaken. It doesn't matter, but we know exactly why. And, and it's for this delegated proof of stake Calibra Association token that they're going to be creating. They don't want that here in the United States, right? You know, they, they want that away. Because another thing about uh, Switzerland, you may not know, you can pay your taxes in Bitcoin. I'm telling you, this is all to increase Bitcoin. That's how I see it. No one wants to be holding this Calibra Association token to make the network run. I'd be very surprised if that's not the reason why they're in Switzerland. I also have some national security concerns. Despite granting anonymity, traditional cryptocurrencies are not the first choice of drug cartels, terrorists, and human traffickers because cryptocurrencies aren't very easy to use. But Libra is not a cryptocurrency. It's a digital currency that promises both anonymity and ease of use, which raises concerns about its potential exploitation for illicit purposes. 
I'm concerned that drug cartels and human traffickers, major problems of course in Arizona and border regions, may try and use Libra to finance their operations along our southern border. Your testimony says that you'll comply with the rules set by the Office of Foreign Assets Control with respect to financial sanctions. But if a drug court cartel or one of its sanctioned persons attempts to complete a transaction using Libra, would you comply with OFAC policy or would you allow a drug cartel transaction to be added to the ledger? Uh, Senator, uh, first of all, Libra is not anonymous, so we will have an AML program, and uh, as far as the Calibra wallet is concerned, we will have full KYC and AML programs. As a result, uh, those types of activities uh, uh, will uh, be very difficult to conduct uh, on this network, and uh, you have my commitment that we will take the time before launch to ensure that the network uh, and the proper measures uh, are taken to uh, avoid uh, this network to be used for other purposes than it was designed for. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, my time's expired. This is just a proposal, but folks in my state are concerned and we need better answers. So I look forward to working with you and the committee on this. I yield back. So he's basically saying it's centralized. <laughs> he's saying it's centralized, it's centralized, it's centralized. And that anybody can make a wallet. This is what I'm getting out of it today. Anybody can make a wallet as long as they KYC and ML, and anybody can send transactions as long as they KYC and ML. But if they do need us to pull a transaction from the network or roll it back, we can. We can do it because it's centralized. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm hearing, you know? When it comes to the first step toward achieving the decentralized part, the protocol, is the key there. But it seems like it seems like Facebook has this all wrong. They're looking at this as a laser-focused payment solution for financial use cases for their consumer products, right? But the white paper itself seems geared to demonstrate both Facebook's proposed advances and uh, distributed consensus and its appreciation for what it's been built so far, which is literally nothing. They have all this promise and they're trying to quickly identify that they are different than other cryptocurrencies. They can roll back the blockchain if, if you need to, right? It's going to be permissioned, you know? It's going to be familiar. There's going to be entities and there's going to be rights. And we're going to establish consensus from the beginning through organizations and, and, and companies that are reputable, right? And there's going to be governance, right? We got we got all about that. You can vote in in this new Calibra project, right? You're going to have founding members, hundred million dollar founding members, you know, and they'll hold these 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 uh, delegated proof of stake investment tokens, whatever you're calling them, so they can have voting rights on the network. And, and over time, as the network grows really really big and and, and uh, thousands and hopefully billions and millions, according to Facebook, gets transacted on it. That, that investment token is going to go up, way up. So that's where you're going to see a lot of what is, you know, really what this is really about. They're trying to be like Ethereum, but they're doing it all the wrong way. And they're trying to be like Bitcoin. They're just doing it the wrong way. It's, it's a mess. And, you know, it's good that we have these hearings because it allows us to actually pinpoint where it's a mess. And there are senators right now that are pinpointing exactly where it's a mess. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I point out in response to Chairman Crapo's questions, you're the only one with uh, 
you can talk about competition, but you're the only one with the reach of 2 billion people, so that's important to remember. Um, Facebook has a long track record of abusing users' trust. You know that, Mr. Marcus. Until recently, you headed Facebook's messaging team as they were allowing other, you were allowing other companies like Netflix and Spotify and the Royal Bank of Canada access and read Facebook users' private messages. So be clear about what went on at Facebook. Facebook told us they were keeping our data safe when they were really allowing other companies to sift through private messages. You had to shut down those programs after huge backlash. Over and over, Facebook has said, just trust us. And every time Americans trust you, they seem to get burned. Facebook told the FEC in 2012 that it would stop abusing our data. And then last week got a $5 billion, with a B, $5,000 million fine for violating that agreement. And as, as we know, you've even run psychological experiments on users. So, so sitting here today, Mr. Marcus, after all the times Facebook has abused the public's trust, and you know that, do you really think people should trust Facebook with their hard-earned money? Yes or no? Senator, you heard it directly from Mark, and I will reiterate this, that trust is primordial. I didn't hear it directly from Mark. I'm hearing it from and you. It is, trust is primordial, and we've made mistakes in the past, and we have been working and are continuing to work really hard uh, to get better. And uh, we've invested in a number of programs, notably on privacy, election integrity, and a number of other issues. But I want to answer your question directly for Libra. The reason we designed Libra in such a way that Facebook will only be one among a hundred different members of the Libra Association and will have no special privilege uh, means that you will not have to trust Facebook. Well, we except, except, but Mr. Marcus, you know better than that. You know that only Facebook has access to two billion people, and all, all to, to say that that you are just one of many is simply is simply not true. After. People's data and private messages have been stolen and sold after you've let Russian bots try to throw the 2016 election with no contrition, I might add, after you've abetted genocide in foreign countries. You really think people should trust you with their bank accounts in our economy? I just think that's delusional. Let me ask a, let me ask a, uh, a related question. Do, if you think hardworking families should trust Facebook's monopoly money, to see how much you and your company trust it. Uh, you get a paycheck in dollars, I assume. I assume you get some pretty good compensation in Facebook stock, too. Will you pledge today in this committee that you and your team who are working on this project will accept 100% of your salary and other compensation in this Facebook currency? Senator, uh, Libra is not designed to compete with bank accounts or that, to that's compete not with those things. The question is, will you accept your, your, all of your compensation in this new currency that you want us to trust you so much? Uh, Senator, uh, Libra is not meant to compete with bank accounts. We will, for instance, not uh, pay uh, interest. Uh, it's like cash, like digital cash. That, that, that's really avoiding the question. Do you, trust, do you trust your currency so much that you and your team are willing to see 100% of your compensation be paid to you in that currency? Which uh, it could be if you decided it could. Uh, Senator, if your question is whether I would trust uh, all of my uh, assets in Libra, uh, the answer is yes, I would, because it no, is my, back. My question, my question was, and my you, pay. do you trust this enough to make your compensation paid fully in, in your currency? Senator, I would, because it is backed one for one with a okay. reserve. You could have said yes at the beginning of the question. <laughs> that was one of my favorite, <laughs> my favorite interactions today. 
But, you know, he's really hitting at the root of what this is. This What this hearing is about isn't about Calibra, isn't even about Facebook. It's about trust. And what decentralization actually brings us is trust, right? With Bitcoin, you can trust. With Bitcoin, you know that your transactions will go through on the blockchain, right? There's no rolling it back. <laughs> no one trusts Facebook anymore. No one trusts Mark Zuckerberg. No one trusts David Marcus. No one trusts anything what they're saying, much less senators who have no idea. Well, actually, they do kind of know what this technology is about. But the fact that they are lumping this Libra coin and, and their investment token, they're lumping this as cryptocurrency is I'm offended. <laughs> I'm really offended because this is not cryptocurrency at all. Uh, this is corporate uh, currency, right? It's not even good old, you know, fiat currency. It's corporate currency. It's a it's a corporate coin, and and this is not gonna this is not gonna end well for Facebook. Um, I think this is going to be a major disaster for them. <laughs> I think this is good for us if you're holding Bitcoin or, or Ethereum or other cryptocurrencies because this is going to teach people that true decentralization is trust. My question is this. What do you say to someone who says, maybe before you do a new thing and an enormously important thing, you should go ahead and make sure you've got your own shop fixed. So what do you say to that? Uh, Senator, I believe that the, the status quo is uh, really a huge burden on so many people around the world when it comes right, to you're, financial. Hold on. You're making an argument for cryptocurrency generally. You're making an argument for uh, this proposition generally. The question I have is Facebook has a lot of problems. You guys have had a rough couple of years. And so the question is, why are you moving on to a new and challenging thing other than the grandiosity of Silicon Valley, which causes you to get bored with your own thing and try to move into a new line of business? So the question is not, would it be great to eliminate credit card fees? The question is not, should the United States lead in this area? The question is, why Facebook and why before you fixed your other stuff? Senator, I believe it's important that we continue to innovate on behalf of the people we serve. And the same way that uh, we've been able to bring uh, communication prices down with our messaging app, because now anyone with a $40 smartphone can actually communicate for free with the world, we want to continue innovating on behalf of the very people we serve. And we hope that we can do the same thing uh, for them uh, when it comes to access to modern financial do services. Do you have uh, specialized expertise with anti-money laundering, sanctions, prudential regulations, protecting financial information, preventing discrimination and other violations of consumer financial laws? Uh, Senator, I do, and my team no, does sorry. as well. Not you personally. Does Facebook have that? Uh, Senator, through uh, the team that I've assembled, yes, now it, now it does. Within Facebook? Uh, Senator, are you within, about the consortium? Senator, within uh, Calibra, which is the subsidiary that it created, uh, it has the pro proper uh, know-how uh, to uh, So you hired up in, for this? Uh, yes, Senator. Okay. D does your consortium have bylaws? Uh, Senator, the, the charter of the association is in the process of uh, being ratified by its members, and it will be made public. So that's a no? Uh, Senator, uh, when we uh, launched 
the uh, uh, website and a white paper in June 18. We have guidelines, but the reason that we didn't want all the other members to uh, sign an existing uh, bylaw or charter is we wanted them to, be, to take part in writing it because, again, we don't want to control the network and we think it's important that those decisions are made collegially uh, with uh, the other uh, co-founding members. So what I'm hearing, and they're terrified to talk about this publicly, is that members of the consortium actually have lots of questions too, similar to the questions that are being offered on this dais. But, and they have great reservations about moving forward, but they don't want to be left out because of Facebook's market power. And so how do you address the bigger question, not just the one that I asked earlier about you not having fixed your own shop before you move into currency, which seems just on the, on the face of it to be nuts. How do you uh, answer the question about size and power and the idea that lots of people out there think Facebook is already too big and too powerful and now you're going to get into currency? So how do you address that question? Senator, we, we answer that question with the very setup that we have uh, at uh, the Libra Association and the way that this network is not only governed, uh, but the way that we will have to face tremendous competition on top of this network uh, with other companies that already have a lot of existing financial accounts uh, that are already KYC, that are already operating, that have trust. Uh, so you have uh, companies like PayPal and others that uh, will, of course, uh, collaborate but compete with us. I guess you for haven't just, and I appreciate this, but, but you really haven't answered the most basic question of all, which is why in the world should Facebook, of all companies, given the last couple of years, do this? Uh, Senator, because we have the uh, ability and the means to innovate on behalf of the people we serve, because and we shouldn't, we shouldn't stand, uh, stand back and, and wait uh, to do it if we can help the very people that we want to serve, because we have the resources and the engineering talent, I believe we should. Because of your size? Uh, Senator, because uh, of our resources and our engineering talent. Because you're so big that you should get bigger. That's not the point I was making, Senator. Thank you. So if you if you if you look here and and, and what's this is going to turn into? Because if you got if you got to think about if they're taking on this beating, right? If Facebook's taking this beating, David Marcus is taking this beating today, uh, verbally. I mean, <laughs> not physically. If this is going on, you have to realize like what's their what's their ace? You know, what what do they have that? Uh, that, 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 what are what are they what are they thinking about right like like they're not just going over there just to do it like they could have launched this in in, in Switzerland and just created this Libra token and, and done it in Switzerland and could have been anywhere, any everywhere but the U.S. right but they want this market uh, so they they want to reach out to regulators they want to make sure that they include them in the decisions or at least let them feel like they're are a part of the decisions right but in actuality they could have released anything they wanted you know to the world and they could have done it right probably without the help of these other big companies. But their ace that, that, that is well hidden, that no one is looking at, is that they're such a big company and they're going to scare the government into giving them what they want. Seriously. They're going to scare the government into giving them what they want. And how do they do that? Well, Mr. Senator, um, if you think... There are other companies and cryptocurrencies out there like Bitcoin that uh, won't have AML or KYC. 
And, Mr. Senator, there's other countries out there that, that want to create their own cryptocurrency that won't have the same values as us. Ooh, spooky. And, and this, is, this is exactly what we're going to see here. This is the rhetoric they're going to take. And, and you know, it, he even touched on it slightly today where he, he mentioned this. And I think if they don't get their way with this, they will scare the American public into believing that having Facebook create their own cryptocurrency is, a, is, is so significant to national security. Seriously, take a listen. All right, now, Senator Menendez. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Facebook CEO's Mark Zuckerberg once said that his model was move fast and break things. Several of my colleagues have referred to it. I only have five minutes, which is not nearly enough time to list all the things that Facebook has broken. I've highlighted some of the poster behind me, and the underlying theme here, this is a company that does not think through the consequences of its actions. And with nearly 2.4 billion active users, when Facebook breaks something, it has serious consequences. So I've been listening in and out between the meetings I've had in my office, some of your testimony, Mr. Marcus, and basically the theme of your response to many of my colleagues, particularly on data privacy, is trust us. Well, trust is something you earn. And Facebook certainly hasn't earned it. So it's not enough to say that you will keep the Calibra data separate. I'd like to know how exactly will you keep Libra data separate from your social media data? Uh, Senator, uh, thank you for, for, for your question. I, I, I wanted to also say that in the case of Libra, uh, we're most definitely not moving fast. Uh, and uh, I, I want to reiterate my commitments that uh, we will not move uh, to uh, launch or to offer Libra uh, as a currency or uh, uh, on, on Facebook's platform uh, we'll before. Just answer my question right now. What, what, how, are you, how specifically are you going to keep the data separate? Uh, so the, the way that we keep the Calibra data separate from the rest of Facebook is that actually within uh, our infrastructure, uh, we have... Uh, uh, separated the the data from the rest of uh, uh, Facebook's infrastructure and data uh, in order for it not to uh, get commingled with the rest of the data. Even though in your user uh, uh, agreement you say that you're going to may very well share aggregate data with Facebook. Uh, aggregate data uh, that we may use uh, uh, on the the Calibra wallet side, non-identifiable data to understand. But that that's the that's the beginning of opening up the door. Let me ask you this: If there is a commingling of data, purposeful or not, can you commit uh, to this committee and the public? that you will notify users and the proper authorities within 48 hours? Uh, Senator, uh, I commit that we will naturally uh, uh, notify uh, users that have, would have been affected by this. But first and foremost, we want to make sure that it never happens. I know. But if, if, you, if it happens, I'm saying whether purposeful or not, mm -hmm. things seem to happen at Facebook. Will you commit to notify both the users and the public within 48 hours of your finding of it. Yeah, Senator, uh, I commit that uh, we will inform uh, users uh, and the public if such thing happen uh, within a reasonable time frame. Okay. Uh, so that, that could mean a whole bunch of things. Let me ask you this. Uh, Senator, first, I really want to stress the fact that uh, if we don't lead, others will. And as a result, the transactions that uh, you highlighted and listed, 
uh, will happen on a network where uh, we will have no jurisdiction and no reach and no ability to uh, have any exert any control for national security purposes. Uh, as far as Libra is concerned, uh, naturally, because Libra, uh, despite the fact that it will be headquartered, will be registered with FinCEN, will collaborate, will have a, 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 an AML program, uh, and will ensure that on and off ramps are properly regulated. And as a result, those types of activities uh, should be uh, extremely hard. So to would you? So, but my core question is: being having that individual identified to you, the type I just described, would you freeze the assets of such a sanctioned individual into your system? Uh, Senator, the way that uh, this would happen uh, and the way that the system is currently contemplated, uh, it would be the role of uh, the big. Uh, custodial wallets operating uh, on top of the Libra network, like the Calibra wallet uh, and uh, many others, to block uh, access uh, for funds for uh, those w addresses, as well as uh, all of the on and off ramps that would prevent uh, those uh, addresses to uh, convert let, let to cash. Let me ask you one other, one other uh, question. I have a whole bunch of them, but I'll submit them for the record. This doesn't, this doesn't assuage my concerns as it relates to the very sanctions that we uh, have worked on a bipartisan basis to pass. So would the Libra Association, what would they do if U.S. regulators wanted to enforce sanctions on certain individuals but other global regulators did not? How would the association determine which set of rules to comply with? Senator, that's a, a really good question and one that uh, we're uh, in active uh, discussions with a number of regulators, including uh, Treasury. Uh, and uh, my, my understanding of this and uh, the way that we're currently thinking about this uh, is that actually the, the, the way uh, to properly uh, police and control uh, the network is uh, through, uh, one, the on and off ramps, and two, uh, to all of the wallets that will well, be regulated. I'm going to take you at your word that you're not going to act before you have all these uh, questions resolved, because if not, what Libra could be is the wild west of crypt cryptocurrency where, uh, you know, money laundering criminals and countries seeking to avoid U.S. sanctions could be uh, their resolve. And, uh, and, and we just can't have it. Yeah. And, and that's that's going to be the start of, of something that we'll probably see, you know, Facebook and data markets take the rhetoric of. We, we got to save national security. <laughs> like, we, we got to start this process. But I think I think it's it's well understood that the Senate hearing today. I mean, overall, I mean, it had very little to do with crypto and, and more to do with data and privacy uh, and and this is what these lawmakers were worried about. They were worried about the company, not so much the technology. I've heard, I've seen this description before, and I want your thoughts on it. If you and I interface on Facebook, they're really not just two participants. It's you, you, it's me, and it's Facebook. Is that an accurate description? Uh that nothing's private? Except on uh, messaging platforms, uh, notably on WhatsApp, that is fully end-to-end -end encrypted. In this case, it would be just the two of us, Senator. Okay. And this really is my last one. Um, as, if Libra catches on, and let's say um, uh, 200 million people are using it, somebody is going to have the data on all of the financial transactions that those 200 million people have uh, have consummated 
which is going to indicate what they're buying, what they're not buying, what their likes are, where they like to shop, just a treasure trove of information. You're telling me that nobody in, in, in Calibra is going to attempt to monetize that? Senator, when it comes to the Libra Association, they will not have any uh, personal uh, identifiable data, and as a result, they will have no way to Somebody will have the data. Who will have the data? The, the wallets that will provide the services will have the data for their own wallets, uh, and I can speak to So you're telling Calibra. me nobody's going to monetize that data? Uh, as far as the Calibra wallets, we don't intend but it, to... But isn't it the case that at some point, those consumers are going to be sent an email saying... Um, do you share, care if we share your data and the details are, are right here? Click on this and it's going to refer you to a 10-page, single-spaced disclaimer written by the lawyers in which you could hire a dead body and nobody would ever find it. And they're going to start doing it. Isn't that what's going to happen? Uh, no, Senator. No, he's right. That's exactly what's going to happen. You know, they'll put it off as long as they can. But uh, just like anything, just like anything... Facebook does starts off small and then people start leaving. And we saw that like Instagram, Kevin Systrom, the founder of Instagram left, left the company because, well, he didn't come out and say this, but it's, it's obvious he left for the same reasons the WhatsApp founder left. They didn't like where this was headed, you know, and it's troublesome because David Marcus is, you know, leading this charge. It's not Mark Zuckerberg. You know, he's not taking the heat right now. It's David Marcus that's taking the heat right now. Where's the guy who uh, started all this, right? Where's the guy who, uh, quote unquote, didn't make the Libra project, right? At the start of 2018, Mark Zuckerberg said, we are looking at blockchain technology. That is the future for Facebook. It's clear that future has arrived today. And instead of us being excited for the technology ahead, we're scared for our lives about what this means for privacy and data and financial data going forward. Yeah. And you're probably wondering right now, like, what does this mean for Bitcoin? What does this mean for our first cryptocurrency that the world has ever known? We know it's fucking encrypted out the wazoo. <laughs> we know that transactions get processed and the value is transferred as well. There's end-to-end -end encryption, baby. It's highly secure, unbreakable, right? Irreversible, right? It's the thing we need, it's immutable, and it's constantly up to date. All account balances are there. There's no hidden agenda. Bitcoin has no hidden agenda. No one tries to cheat the system. There's no double spend. Bitcoin doesn't believe in double spend. It's key that this has nothing to do with Bitcoin and everything to do with corporate coin. So go out there, buy some Bitcoin, it's on the low, save the world.